0: Welcome to the Mill Spec Believer Podcast. I'm Ryan McCary and I am super excited to be diving into today's episode. Uh, We're going to be talking rucking, the military, and life. Um, How all those things kind of go together. Um, It has been a minute, guys. I I don't think I've put an episode out and it feels like a year. Uh, And I think it's actually getting pretty close to that. So I uh, appreciate y'all's patience and still tuning in uh, as I try to be a, a little more consistent with episodes. Um, but really, I, I truly feel like I have no business uh, recording right now. Uh, there's just always something that's kind of keeping me from getting back on here. Um, couldn't find my microphone today, so I'm using this you know janky headset setup. up. Um, looks like I'm going into war zone right now, but just going to try to send it with this. Um, Just everything getting in the way, guys. But I am going to do my best um, to put this out and to have it be pretty clear and concise and compact and not be too long of an episode. So bear with me as we get through this. But hopefully it's an encouragement and helpful uh, regardless of where you're at uh, in life or uh, in the military, military or not. Um, doesn't really matter. I think this could be an encouragement. So appreciate y'all coming on. So let's get into it. So what is rucking? Um, I'll I'll describe it in one sentence for anyone who doesn't know, but the majority of you probably do know rucking is you have a backpack with weight in it and you walk period. (laughs) Like that's it. Uh, not complex, but it is very simple and yet it sucks a lot. Um, if you're in any type of combat-oriented job in the military, um, then you will know what wrecking is because it will have either been a part of your initial training um, or um, if you're getting ready to go into the military soon, you'll be training up for it uh, because it's just a part of any of those jobs. You've got to be able to get from point A to point B, and in order to do that, you're going to have to carry all your equipment with you. Um the days are quickly changing when we can just have a helicopter pull us right to the, the objective we get off and we go do what we need to do. And then we hop back on and leave. Like that's not, that's not going to be too much in the next fight. Um, even if we have a vehicle sweet, we can cover a few hundred kilometers and then the next big leg is going to be walking, um, to get wherever we need to actually go to work. Right. So, it's both, uh, a really good training aid because one, it sucks. So now you're going to have people who quit or who don't want to be there. Um, and it it just helps weed through some candidates that don't really want to be there. But then like I was just describing, there is like an actual real world real world applicable use for the, for rucking, um, all the equipment you got to bring, especially as like a JTAC or as a radio guy, like, you need your radios, you need your lasers, you need, um, now there's all this different technology coming online. Uh, you know, like I, I, some of it I won't get into, but different equipment that does different things that you need it to on the battlefield doesn't just magically get there. You got to walk it there. So, and for whatever reason, these things aren't compact and they, they weigh a lot. So you can quickly hit a hundred plus pounds in a ruck just by packing your water, um, your food for like a three day mission, like your water and food alone is going to start to add up. Um, it's crazy. Um, and then all your equipment, uh, your helmet, your rifle, all this stuff adds up. Right. And so as it adds up, if you guys have already ex- had experience rucking, then just bear with me for like one more minute. Um, but it all adds up, and then where where does it wear? It wears on your hips, it wears on your shoulders, your back, um, your legs. Like It really ends up being like a full-body um, experience, <laughs> for lack of a better term, um, where you're just gutting it out for whatever the distance is. And I've done a 4-mile ruck, I've done 12-mile rucks, I've done 12-mile-plus-unknown-distance rucks. R- regardless of what the distance is, Sorry, well regardless of what the distance is, it sucks. Um it really does. And all you can do is is walk it out. Um you're not supposed to run. Um at, in the schoolhouse all I did was run with a ruck on my back. Um, but technically you shouldn't be running it. Technically you should just be like power walking it. Um, but you also don't want to go too slow, right? Cause if you go too slow, now you're just increasing the amount of time that you have this pack on your back. Um, and when you get to the schoolhouse or the pipeline or whatever school you're going to, where you're required to ruck, it's not just a, Hey, did you make it to the endpoint?" Like you have to do it in whatever set time, uh, whatever pace. And typically you're looking at like a 15 minute per mile pace. Um, which thankfully, by the grace of God, I got some long legs. I can, I can walk it out, but for some of those shorter guys out there, like, sorry, like you're jogging it, right, to be able to keep pace. Um, and everything adds up so fast. Like the weight just compounds, like we were talking about that a second ago. Um, when, when I was at this exercise a few months ago, we had had this big movement, and I carried the HF radio the whole time because, you know, I'm the main one on it for this portion of the exercise. So it's in my it's in my ruck. Um, and it, it feels like a lot of weight. Like with everything we have for like the three-day mission, it, it feels like a lot of weight. And uh, we're moving through the woods and we kind of get to the end of this exercise where everything's culminating. Um, and I had uh, basically, I had the radio and our team sergeant had, uh, a field expedient bag, which kind of goes hand in hand with the HF radio so that you can build a custom antenna. You can throw it over a tree, whatever you're going to do. Um, and so he, he carried the antenna bag. I carried the radio. We kind of split it in half because both ended up weighing about uh, 10 to 15 pounds. And, uh, we get to the end of this exercise and he's like, Hey, I got to go do, you know, this other priority over here. Um, And for me, I had to make comms like we hadn't made comms all day. And I'm like, bro, we we need to make comms Um, back to, you know, whatever C2 element. And so I'm like, well, just leave the antenna bag and I'll figure it out. So he leaves the antenna bag. Me and uh, another dude get it slung up in a tree. We make our HF shot. We make comms and we're like, sick. Um, HF comms in a swamp for It's another story for another time, but it was freaking awesome. So got comms, we break everything down and now we're like, okay, well now we need to go catch up to where those guys went. And so I'm stuck with this radio and field expedient bag and I'm like, bro, this sucks. This is about to suck. So I pile it into my ruck. My ruck was already like busting at the seams and now I just got this like janky, uh, janky ruck. Uh, full of all this stuff including the antenna bag and this dude like has to help me up because I'm literally just like that my ruck is like in the swamp it's wet and oh my word so he finally gets me up we're walking and dude those extra 10 to 15 pounds sucked like it you feel it you feel it every step and you're like I know I have about 100 pounds but at 110 it is is way different than a (laughs) hundred. It just, you feel like your whole body like compressing. Um, so moral of the story ounces, equal pounds, everything adds up and it sucks regardless. All right. Have a good day. (laughs) You know, like that's not the moral of the story. Sorry. i uh, I'll tie this into everything, but that's rucking in a nutshell. And when you get to the schoolhouse like, or the pipeline or anything, you know, you're going to have to do it, but it's worth it, right? Because you're like, cool, I'm going to be attack P at the end of this, or I'm going to earn a beret or, or whatever career field you're going into. You want it bad enough to where you're willing to go through that suck. You're willing to like step it out. Um, and there's an end goal in mind, right? So it's worth it. And at the end of the day, it ends like it lasts a few hours, four hours maybe. Um, and then you're done. Whereas, um, life in general, uh, can sometimes be a struggle like that. And it kind of doesn't really seem like it ends. Um, for me, like my entire military experience felt like, like maybe I did have a similar experience to other people. Uh, but for me, it just felt like I just kept getting like punched in the face, like, each season kind of brought like another struggle. And I was like, oh my word, like, when is this going to end? Like, when am I going to get a breath of fresh air? Um, And it can feel similar to that when you're on the ruck and you're just like stepping it out and stepping it out. And you're like, another mile, another mile, another mile, right? Like that's what it felt like. Um, So I'm going to hit a few high points, uh, really low points (laughs) of uh, just – my time in the military, some things that took me off guard that I wasn't prepared for that really just was like, man, this is tough. Uh, and then I'll kind of wrap it up and like, what's the point of all of it? Right. Like, why why are we like enduring this struggle? Um, so <clears throat> for me, whenever I joined the military, um, I did ROTC. That was the route I went. So I went to UCF. I did the ROTC route and I've covered a tiny bit of this, but uh, not a lot of this. So I, I got into ROTC and I initially made that choice because I wanted free college. I was like, my dad was like, Hey, you know, we can't really pay for your college, but get either get like a football scholarship or sports or uh, grade scholarship or do military. Like that's a great route. And I was like, okay, cool. Like, let me do military. So I did military. Um, what I thought was more of a guaranteed scholarship was not. <laughs> so, um, I applied for the ROTC scholarship. I, I went and I talked to the commander. It was like a, a active colonel, uh, who ran the detachment at UCF. And so talked to him, end up finding out he has like a back pocket scholarship that he can give to whoever he wants. So I'm like, sweet. This is awesome. Cool. I am going to get free college. Um, Cause I ended up kind of realizing the ROTC scholarship process is kind of competitive. Um, and so he has this back pocket. I'm like, sweet. Uh, he offers it to me. He's like, Hey, this went really well. I really want you to come here. Why don't you take this scholarship? And I was like, awesome. What do I have to do to get it? And he was like, well, you need this PT score. And I was good. You need this GPA. I was good. And this SAT score. And I was, I'm not kidding. I was like 20 points shy. I was like, bro, 20 points shy of a full ride to UCF. Um, and I botched it. So, um, at this point it's too late for me to take the SAT again. So I'm like, all right, I guess I'm paying for, for college. So, um, unfortunate. Um, and then, uh, ended up taking a USAA loan in order to pay for school. Um, it was like a a career starter loan you could do if you were joining the military. Don't recommend it. (laughs) I was an idiot for doing it. Uh, but I, I did it and it gave me like 20 to 25 grand. Um, that basically you had to start paying back as soon as you got into the military and it gave you like five years to pay it back. So in math ended up working out to like 500 plus a month I was paying, uh, I was paying 500 plus a month in order to pay off this loan, which paid for my school. So good news is I paid school off in five years. Bad news is it literally like bankrupted me for the first five years. Um, so that was the beginning of college for me was going down that route. Um, towards the end of college, um, I had gone to selection. I had gotten picked up to go to a uh, TACP officer. Uh, the TACP officer route, and I was excited. And then they tell me, hey, actually, you're not going to go to your squadron or to the schoolhouse for a year. So there's a backup in the schoolhouse, so it's just going to be a year. You're just going to – it's going to be as if you're not in the Air Force, and then in a year you'll commission and enter the Air Force. (sighs) Unfortunately, I'd put all my eggs in the basket of joining the Air Force, and so I'm married Um, my wife's pregnant, um, with our first kid and then she's sick, so she can't work. Like she had like an awful pregnancy and she was nannying, making like better money than I was in college. Um, and she got sick, couldn't work anymore. So now the financial burden's all on me. Um, we were struggling. Uh, I, I was cleaning pools and like making like nothing. And thankfully I, I graduated shortly after that as she was getting sick. And so I was able to work full time for the pool cleaning job, but did not help that much. And, um, yeah, it just was not a good situation. So I ended up filing for a hardship, um, telling the Air Force, hey, please let me in. <laughs> My wife is sick. I'm struggling to make ends meet. Please let me into the Air Force. And then uh, and they accepted it, and that was a blessing. That was amazing. But there was a f- like a three-month stretch there during the summer where I was cleaning pools. We were pregnant, and I I was not making enough money. Like we ended up uh, filing for food stamps because we were like, like, I I still remember, like, it's, it's funny now, but at the time I remember my wife being like frustrated. She was like, man, like, 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 why, why don't we go on dates? And what, why don't you buy me flowers? And like, there, we just had had a few of those conversations, like very normal things in a marriage to go on dates, especially like we just got married, right? Like, like we're, we're still dating and everything. Um, but, uh, we had no money. And I was struggling. I was like, dude, I want to go on dates. I want to like give you flowers. I want to like buy you the moon, but I, we we have no money. Uh, so we ended up getting on food stamps and that was like a breath of fresh air. We were like, Oh sweet. We have 200 bucks to go to Aldi. (laughs) Like we were stoked out of our minds to get onto food stamps. Uh, it was just, it was a financially taxing time. We were struggling. Um, and I thought it was all going to end, right? Like, I'm like, cool, we're in the military now, come August. We're like, sweet, we made it to the military. I'm going to get a regular paycheck. And it took two months. It took two months, man, to, to start getting paid. And another thing I didn't expect when I was getting into the military. And so uh, I ended up having to take another loan from my grandpa, uh, who thankfully had the money to, like, be able to, like, save us, uh, and give us some, give us a, get out of jail free card. And so took this $6,000 loan from him just to like pay rent, food, like all the things and, uh, all the debt that had already racked up at this point from us not making ends meet. And so I get in the military, finally pay starts. And, and, you know, now I'm paying off this, uh, college loan and I'm paying off my grandpa. Um, it's just not, not a good situation. Not what I foresaw, When I was going to have the financial security of getting into the military. Um, Did not work out that way. Um, So we get to Fort Stewart, 15th ASOS. I showed up there, uh, was there for a few months. Uh, Wife was about to have our baby. Um, She had our baby, uh, Elliot. So he's seven now. But at the time, he was just born and uh, he was born in December and I left in January. So, within a month of him being born, I left to go to the TACP schoolhouse. <sighs> I'll tell you what do not get pregnant and go to the schoolhouse or the pipeline. It is not the move. It is not the move. Um, I wanted to be a good father, I wanted to be a good uh, husband. Uh, Still new, brand new to both of those things and trying to do those things via FaceTime while I'm trying to prioritize becoming a TACP was not the move. (laughs) It was not a recipe for success. Um, And like I'll pause real quick, guys, like I'm not here right now to vent and to be like, oh, my life's so hard. So if I'm coming across that way, I'm sorry. Um, but everything I'm, I'm mentioning is going to culminate here in a little bit. And I'll explain what the point of why I'm saying all this is, but not just here as a vent vent sesh. So if it's coming across like that, sorry, but some of this just as it piles on is ridiculous. And I'm like, how, <laughs> what's next? What's the next punch? Um, but I make it through the schoolhouse. Thankfully I don't wash back. That would have been even worse. Um, I go to sear school, um, I go to, like, a a bunch of, like, fires, schools at Nellis. Um, Ultimately ends up being about a year worth of being gone um, before I come back. And then can, like, actually be a dad and actually be a husband. And that took its toll. Like, that caused some major issues just for me as a dad. Like, just some disconnect that I had with my son because of that. And some disconnect I had with my wife because of that, and it, it took some time to heal all that, and to like really like put the work in and like work through some of that stuff. Um. Uh, I'll, I'll skip ahead, uh, and I'll I'll be done here in a second, <clears throat> and I'll tie it together. But uh, so family wise, at this point, I have another kid, um, so married, two kids, and me and my wife are like we got to take a break. Like we got to tap out from the military for a little bit. Let's go part-time let's go guard. And then that way, you know, we can kind of regroup as a family and like try and prioritize our family. And then like still do military part-time. I was like, sweet. sounds like a good plan. Um, struggled to find a job on the outside. Uh, finally got a job, a well-paying job. And so that was a blessing. Um, coming out of the military and it was working for l3 harris i've talked about this a little bit so i won't get too deep into it but i got a job with l3 harris working on hunter army airfield and then uh, about a year later uh the guard unit i was at in savannah was like hey we have a deployment i was like cool sign me up like i'm down to deploy like let's do it so they put me on the deployment. I did my pre-deployment spin-up. I was getting ready to go out the door literally a few days, like the week of that I'm leaving. Um, they they can it for me and one other guard guy. They pull it, and they're like, nope, you're not going. <sighs> Would have been a blessing, right, you know? Would have been a blessing, like, yeah, I get to just stay home now and get more family time since that's what we wanted anyways. Uh, but in reality, we... We knew it was going to be tough, me being gone for nine months, so we moved my wife to Melbourne, Florida, where her family was. We were like, this will be easier for her to be with her family. So we moved her there, bought a house with the hopes of renting it once I got home and moving back to Savannah. Um, When they pulled the deployment, we were like, "Uh, we just bought a house. Uh, so don't recommend doing that. Uh, you guys are probably listening to this, like all these things that I'm messing up. And you're like, you realize this is all your fault, right? <laughs> um, so we bought this house. We're living in Melbourne. I still have a job in Savannah, Georgia, which is five hours away. And so basically Monday through Friday, I'm driving up and working. Uh, in the next year I'm trying to find a job in Melbourne and I can't, it's just, it's so hard to find a job guys. Um, I thought it would be so easy when I got out, Hey, I got a clearance. Um, I'm good with radios. (laughs) Can you please give me a job? And it just wasn't that simple. Um, but finally I got hooked up and I got a job at uh, a remote job. So I was able to work from home in Melbourne, um, and stop driving, but that was about a year. That was about a year worth of driving up to Savannah uh, during the week, and that took its toll on the family too. Oh my word, it was awful. I, I just, I feel like these punches just kept coming. Um, that we we had these priorities of things we were trying to like accomplish as a family, and these punches just kept coming. My my wife was in a really bad car wreck during this time as well. She's going to the doctor like every day of the week. There's just so many things, and we're like, all right, what's next? What's next? Like, what's coming? And the punches did keep coming. I'm not going to continue to dive into all of it. I think I covered enough examples to get to my point. Um, but, man, like, every time we keep being like, man, this it's just a season, you know, that's kind of what everyone says. They're like, just get through this season, and, and then, you, you know, you'll get to an easier season. Um, I really don't think so <laughs> uh, and this is not me being like you know negative Nancy um, but I think that's not what God intended for our lives um, I'm going to read a verse uh, and kind of wrap this all uh, together for you guys um, so Luke chapter 22 verses 41 through 44 Let me read that. This is talking about Jesus. This is right before he goes to get crucified when he's still with the disciples and he goes to pray. And he withdrew from them about a stone's throw and knelt down and prayed, saying, Father, if you are willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. And there appeared to him an angel from heaven, strengthening him. And being in agony, he prayed more earnestly, and his sweat became like great drops of blood falling down to the ground. It's a pretty intense scene, like if you like actually put yourself there, that Jesus is in the garden praying. It's all, it's all coming to a head, and he knows what's about to happen. And he's asking God to take it from him. He's like, God praying to the father. He's like, please take this from me. Um, but if it's your will, then I'll do it. And he's agonizing over it so much that he, he cries or sorry, he sweats and it's blood. Like that's how much he's agonizing over it. I think one of the most helpful things I've heard about, uh, this passage and about, um, the Christian walk is that Christ really paves the way for us. Like if, if we need to look at like a model of, of the Christian life and if we need to like, see like what the Christian life is all about, like, and how we get to glory ultimately, like how do we, how do we make it to the end of the race and how do we get to heaven? Um, Like, obviously it's all through grace, obviously like God saves us and, Um, and through the gospel, we embark on the Christian life, but it is a life of struggle. And Christ goes before us to prepare the way he shows us, right? Like he carries his cross, he goes and he's crucified. He pays for our sins. Um, it says in Luke nine, verse 23, and he said to all, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself And take up his cross daily and follow me. Um, So take up your cross. So as Christians, that's what we should do. Um, As a kid, I thought this was cool. I was like, yeah, like I love God. I love Jesus. Like he carried a cross. I'm going to carry mine too. Didn't didn't really know what that meant. I thought I did, but I, I really didn't. Um... Might as well be a ruck, right? (laughs) We were talking about that earlier. Just the heavy weight, just walking, just carrying the cross. Like It's just a long walk. Sometimes there's hard days and I'm like, just please take me to glory. God, just please, can I please just come? Because I am tired of the brokenness of this world, right? It can be frustrating. The Christian walk and the path in front of us as believers is filled with struggle. We are in a broken world and there's going to be struggles until we get to glory. Um, What I was talking about earlier, this whole, well, you're just in a season, right? Like, I don't believe it. Like, I I think the greatest lie we can believe is that, well, things will turn around um, and I'll I'll find a, a sense of everlasting peace eventually in this life right like that's kind of what the world tells you when you're going through a hard time is it'll get better it'll get better and like it does like when we focus our eyes on Christ and on God but like that's the interesting thing about struggles is when you're struggling where are your eyes you're struggling and you're looking to someone greater than you you're looking to God to and you're praying and you're asking him for help right where do our eyes go when we're not struggling? They, they just go to ourselves, right? Like we, we look to ourselves, we trust ourselves, we trust our capabilities. Like, man, I'm doing pretty good. This life is great. Like I'm crushing this, I'm crushing this. I'm doing well here, right? Like that's kind of where our brain goes when we have a cakewalk of like accomplishment. Um, but when we struggle and God introduces these, these hardships in our life, and we're working through them, like it forces us to like return to the father. It forces us to return and be like, Oh God, like I need you. I need your help. God, please. Um, I just think that's a good, good takeaway. Um, because honestly, guys, like the majority of my life, I've been waiting for the struggles to end. The majority of my life I've been like, all right, God, give me some peace. Like, (laughs) I I do have an overwhelming sense of peace as far as the gospel and as far as the life to come. But my daily life struggle has been frustrating. It's been a frustrating journey and there's pockets of sweetness. Like there, there is so many sweet things like I'm married, like I love my wife. I'm married to a God honoring, amazing wife. I have two awesome kids. Well, three now we just had a baby. Um, So I got two boys. I got a baby girl. Um, Like life is awesome. It is, but it's hard. Life is hard. And so I guess my encouragement to you guys today is that like I, I can only imagine you guys are going through hard things as well, regardless of what season you guys are in. So in, in the same way you're rucking, right? And you're rucking and you're trying to earn that beret or, or you're trying to just like accomplish something, right? Well, right now in your Christian life, you're accomplishing and being used by God. God is using you and God is doing all things for his glory. So even in the midst of the struggle, even in the midst of the pain, like God is using it all for good and, we thankfully get to be a part of that plan. Sometimes we always want to be David slaying Goliath. Sometimes we're like, okay, I'm down to be used by God if I get to do that. But I don't really want to be used by God if it's going to break me down physically, emotionally, uh, and cause some struggle. So I just want to encourage you guys just as you're going through this life, like think of it like the Ruck. Like that ruck sucks and it's hard, but it's, it's for a greater, better purpose and ultimately is getting you to the end. Right. And that's what this life is, is ultimately getting to glory. So, um, I think the wrong approach is to tell yourself it's, it's just about to get better. Um, I think it, the better approach is to refocus on why it's even happening. Like, well, why is God allowing these things to happen? and it's happening for his glory it's happening because he's sovereign and and because all these things are sanctifying you and all these things are pointing your eyes closer to him and like that's the christian life so it's not a prosperity gospel i think i think a lot of times we can look at like the people who are like hey if you're a christian you're going to make a lot of money and we can laugh at that right we can laugh at that and go yeah right like that's old news. We know that's not true, but as Christians, a lot of us do like get frustrated when this life isn't everything the world is telling you it should be, but it's not. And as Christians, thankfully there is more. If you're not a Christian, then I would encourage you to turn to Christ. I would encourage you to turn to God because everything in this world is broken. And though there's pockets of sweetness, um, Ultimately, uh, it's it's all uh, broken and it's all in need of saving, which thankfully Christ has given us through um, his death and resurrection um, for our sins. So (sighs) hopefully that makes you guys feel a little bit better. Uh, Feel free to reach out to me anytime. Uh, I kind of was vulnerable in this episode and shared a number of things that me and my wife and uh, family went through. Uh, that we didn't really expect to go through in the military. So if you guys got anything that you ever want to talk about like feel free to reach out and I'll happily respond and uh, try and uh, encourage you uh, even if you just want me to be an ear to listen. So love you guys. Uh, thanks for listening today. Uh, if you're training for the pipeline, get after it. Uh, if, if you're already uh, established in the military go throw a ruck on. Go, go get after it and Uh, remind yourself what that's like so anyways you guys have a good one thanks for listening see ya